Welcome to Allendale Market Talk. This is Greg McBride. I am joined by my co-host, Mike Lung. Lots to talk about today, Mike. Uh, we've got a situation with uh, with China. We've got uh, an alliance brewing with uh, Brazil. There's a lot of stuff going on in the uh, in the markets. We continue to see the uh, the grains rally. Uh, we're seeing spread action that uh, that looks a little wonky, uh, and then we're seeing the fund uh, fund movement. So uh, let's start with the situation with China. What do you what do you got going for us here today? Yeah, so there's a lot of interesting that things that have been gearing up in relation to China. You had us last week talking about how we need to form alliances to make sure that we keep China in check. And you also had, at the same time, Brazil saying that they need to diversify who they're selling their beans to, not keeping everything in the same basket, which we heard a lot of from our side of things when the trade war started. Uh, so it's an interesting way that Brazil's going about their their sales that they have been more than definitely reaping the benefits of the trade war with China wanting to buy everything from Brazil. So with Brazil opening up their import quota to the U.S., uh, keeping that open until 2021, and also uh, talking trade relations between us and uh, Brazil, it's seemingly like there's some kind of alliance that's going on in the background in order to keep China in check, much like what we were talking about last week, uh, well, not us, but the trade representatives were talking about last week in order to do. So we don't we don't think that this is just an opportunity for Brazil to buy uh, U.S. corn or beans and then ship it off to uh, to China, right, or resell it to uh, to China. Well, at this point, it seems like they are looking to import it so they can meet their uh, meal requirements and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be a way that they're going about it, but at the same time, it seems like they're they're worried about potentially losing ground after China's been picking up all the beans from the U.S., much like we lost a bunch of ground to Brazil, mm-hmm. uh, where they're saying, well, we don't want to keep everything in one basket. But the problem with that statement and the problem that we found with that statement is China is the only basket. If right. you don't have China demand, you don't you don't have demand. Right. Yeah. And that's what's something that, you know, obviously uh, – through the MFP programs, there was money set aside to go uh, go out and find new business uh, for the United States. And that's been an interesting one because we haven't necessarily heard about uh, uh, any of these uh, trade uh, trade partners or new trade partners uh, being picked up. And maybe it's just a matter of the fact that we're not being clued into it, uh, but it just kind of seems like that was just money set aside that no one's talking about at this point, but uh, it is good if uh, if there's you know not as such a such a heavy reliance on China because let's face it, I mean look at what it did to uh, to, to commodity prices uh, for those two and almost three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it would be a great thing to keep China in check, saying hey, you, you can't just run up prices in one area, depress price in another, and decide that you're gonna come in here and keep playing this game where you're pitting us against each other and Mm -hmm. uh, it's just it's killing killing the world market so it'd just be interesting thing to uh see going forward is if there is some kind of uh trade alliance between us and our biggest competitor to keep keep the demand flowing Mm -hmm. in a regular uh regular pace Absolutely. Well, that's that is something to, to that we haven't seen on the other side of things when it comes to uh, to China is on this uh, this incredible rally that we've seen uh, across the the ag space here um, at a at a time when we normally wouldn't see it. Uh, we haven't seen China do what they normally do, which is a 
uh, a cancellation uh, uh, binge where they they come in with all these purchases that they've made and cancel uh, cancel orders to artificially uh, uh, manipulate that price uh, back down so that they can rebuy uh, at lower prices. So um, mm-hmm. maybe they're turning uh, turning a new leaf, but it definitely would help if uh, if our trade partners or or our alliances uh, uh, were all on the same page and didn't allow them to do that kind of stuff to us. So yeah, it'd be nice if it was like an actual business where you have to fulfill your contracts. True. I know I get a lot of questions about that. How are they, how they're able to uh, to just cancel willy nilly and not seem like there's any kind of a uh, a penalty for it. So mm-hmm. yeah, Most definitely. Well, well, let's definitely. Uh, let's talk about these uh, uh, about these uh, these funds and and the uh, movement of the commercials and and all this stuff. And I know there's um, there's been a big move in the funds. We're at at or near record uh, levels in the uh, in the soybeans, and uh, it seems like uh, we've gone from near uh, near record short in corn to uh, now we're we're what 150 200 thousand contracts uh, long. So uh, what uh, what do you have to say about that one? Yeah, so I looked into it, seen the historical movement of managed money, what it has in store, and. Funny enough, during election years, it's it's mixed, and it's mixed between election years where we're going to get a new president regardless of who's elected, and re-election years. In re-election years, you actually see managed money during the month of October stay pretty stable, uh, which is showing their hand right now. As of last week, you saw a big sell-off last Monday, down 33 cents. And recovered through the rest of the week when we cut the commitment traders report on Friday, which is taken through Tuesdays. Uh, it showed funds marginally reducing their position, but nothing, nothing huge. And you might be seeing them being pretty quiet going into the election, which begs the question, why has these spreads inverse so much? Why has there been so much activity on a large scale basis? And what you could be looking at is that commercial position. You see commercials who are taking the opposite side, and commercials are very short at this point. So what you could be looking at is them rolling out their hedge positions from something nearby to those spring month contracts. And could be a very good reason of why you're seeing this massive bull spread that's been taking place across the grain sector as a whole. Mm-hmm. So it would be very interesting, uh, interesting thing to see. You're not going to see a big total open interest change but if you're looking at the individual contracts you're gonna be seeing that open interest shift uh to those more deferred months to keep mm-hmm. those hedges in play i got you okay now um you know we we did you know obviously talked about uh, uh china but i i thought of something as you were discussing the the fund position and, and all this stuff and uh something that i think uh really bears watching and this is regardless of you know who becomes the the next president is it seems as though our relationship with china is and has been extremely tenuous and to the point where we're not even talking trade war anymore we're just talking outright war um the you've got uh, uh, the situation with taiwan where uh we continue to be a trade partner with them and and china does not like that they uh, they continue to talk uh, uh talk tough on that situation um are we hearing anything that uh would lead us to believe that we're uh, maybe it's just being oversold, uh, or is it uh, is it just something that uh, it is what it is? We do this uh, we do this all the time, where we're 
constantly talking tough with China, but we're getting what we want out of it. At this point, with commercials still holding that massive short position and just rolling it out to the spring months, it seems like they are keeping their risk management going past uh, this uh, January period where we would see a inauguration take place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seems like they are still worried. And at this point, you're not seeing beans skyrocket higher mm-hmm. uh, from their recent uh, run up. They're just kind of moving sideways, which you might be watching them just move sideways for the next two weeks going into election. But it does seem like at this point we are at a bit of a pause period waiting to see what's going on because it as you said china saying prepare for war is definitely not a uh, a bullish uh, point from here it's not something we want to see is right. that supply lines just get completely shut off right and we continue to hear you know the idea that uh, china needs uh, or has a shortfall of about 20 million metric tons uh, from their production to what they're actually uh, their actual consumption is um, and that seems to be what's kind of creeping into that uh, into the U.S. corn uh, uh, price as we continue to make new highs. Uh, and we did it again here today um, up near that 410 level. Uh, is that something that uh, we really should be uh, should be thinking is is a definite? I mean, because it's been in the it's been in the news or at least in the rumor mill now for, I think, two weeks. Is this something where they're going to continue to hold us hostage on a uh, on a rumor that we continue to buy because of it? And there's really no end in sight for for when we just give up that it's not going to happen. Well, there there will be an end in sight. I think something we have to be monitoring is obviously still the flash sales in the morning. Also, if a dryness concern persists overseas, because if Ukraine does develop a good corn crop, China, as they normally do, goes right to Ukraine to pick up corn. Same mm-hmm. with South America. If they get a good sized crop on hands, you'll see China pick up from them as well. So it will be something that you're probably watching over the next month, seeing if we continue to be uh, competitive, if China continues to buy from us, or if they get through election, they throw their hands up saying, we're done. We're going to wait until the next crop comes out for mm-hmm. South America, and you guys can just go over there, and we're not going to talk to you for a while. Uh, relations between us are just awful and we've already said prepare for war so <laughs> we just stockpiled a bunch of beans and good luck yeah well let's uh let's uh, go off and uh, and tick a few boxes here i'm going to give you a couple of topics and i i want you to to give us a quick update on them um let's look at uh, the the weather issue we've got the the black sea uh area we've got the uh, south we've got south america and then the other one is going to be the uh, the uh shipping advantage uh, for uh, for soybeans at this time of the year. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, let's start with the last one. Soybean advantage, I think, goes to November. So as of November, South America starts beating us on that uh, shipping advantage. Uh, the dryness concerns are starting to subside, uh, both Brazil and Russia, finding some rain coming into their forecast. And if it does fall properly, will help with that dryness uh, issue. The The next question is whether or not they will continue to get rain or if this is a one-off event where they do get a good storm to help calm the nerves, but later on in the season, they find out they continue to see uh, dryness persist. So it'll be interesting to see if those do fall uh, and continue to fall over the growing season for, mm-hmm. for both uh, regions. 
Yeah, interesting to see the uh, the South American, specifically uh, Brazilian farmers, uh, uh, locking in uh, sixty to seventy percent of their uh, their anticipated production already at this point with uh, the high prices that they're seeing uh, down there. Um, make it putting a pretty big uh, pretty big bet on on themselves to actually have a, a a decent production so that they can they can move it off uh, off farm once it's uh, once it's ready in a few months. Mm-hmm. No, most definitely. So yeah, it'll be a bunch of interesting news to be watching. I think something that will start coming around by the time November's uh, peaks its head around is uh, the Australian wheat crop with how wheat prices have been. Australia's been in that massive wildfire for the past five years, and this year they're uh, they're they're not dry. Uh, they're going to be able to produce a crop, and they send out a majority of their wheat crop. So that will also be something worth uh, worth noting going forward. Well, that'll be something. Dryness. That'll be something to watch uh, with respect to China as well, because uh, China is uh, sanctioning or, or putting bans on uh, on Australian uh, uh, products at, at this time too. So mm-hmm. um, China's got a lot of uh, uh, a lot of irons in the fire uh, at this point. Uh, sounds like you know, as we've seen over the last uh, you know six months, ten months, whatever it is since COVID came around, uh, and you know, over the course of our own trade war with them, that. Uh, it's they're actually being exposed for a lot of the uh, the shady uh, uh, shady business that they have, and now uh, you've got uh, some of these other countries uh, kind of uh, wise to it and starting to uh, to to fight back a little bit. Yeah, so many ways to be looking right now. You got a lot of people getting whips uh, whiplash at this point. So <laughs> put together your Excel sheets and make sure you have every single one of these 20 million points down, so you can keep following everything as it's developing and try and get some kind of grasp on the market but if you guys have any questions please give us a call 800-262-7538 today for allendale market talk this is mike Lung and greg mcbride you guys have a great day out there